Hey, welcome friends. It's good to see everybody. Oh, it's retreat day, everybody, isn't it? The last Sunday of every month, we do a day of observance retreat where we get to unplug and spend the day with Sangha. It's online, of course. And uh, we woke up a few hours ago and said our affirmations and took our pledge for the day, our vows and precepts. And uh, now we're settling in with our first teaching. I hope everybody had a chance to wash up and get some breakfast in or some lunch if you're part of our European Sangha. Uh, it's going to be a really great day. We got some great things planned. Um, so um, just sit back and we're going to have a lot of fun. But uh, before we get into the first teaching, as usual, let's take a moment to appreciate our wonderful community gathered here today. Today, I feel fortunate to sit as a member of this kind community in the safety and security of like-minded friends, sharing this present moment with others dedicated to the cultivation of goodness. Today, I'm grateful for the direction and support that this community provides, a community worthy of my time and commitment, a community where my efforts have meaning, purpose, and are appreciated. Today, I'm thankful for this community of awakening, a place to gain the knowledge and skills to improve my life, a family, a home, and a sanctuary for all of us seeking refuge from the storm. And let's remember as conscientious practitioners, we must recognize our responsibility to the world, to strive to live skillfully while helping others to do the same, to strive to live in balance and harmony with nature and others, to strive to gain mastery over our minds and embody our true benevolent nature to expand our hearts and minds, transcending our shared human limitations, to not intentionally harm sentient life or our planet, and to maturely accept and embrace the reality of our situation while striving to improve it. Again, welcome to our first Sunday retreat teaching. In this teaching, we're going to take some time, as usual, our first teaching of uh, every retreat, we like to take some time and evaluate our practice for the month. And um, so this is something that all practitioners must do. Uh, and once a month is a good time to do it, to just kind of assess your practice, evaluate it, see how it's going, see if it needs any modification. And, uh, and so to facilitate that, we do it all together during our retreats. So... Uh, again, remember that when we talk about practice, what we're talking about is the threefold path or the threefold training. And that's training in virtue, training in understanding, and training in awareness. All of our other practices fit within that. So often when we talk about practice, people automatically think of meditation. But meditation is just a small part of that, right? We have our vows, our precepts, we have our affirmations, and with SBT, we have an assortment of other kinds of practices that we do. So um, that's what we're talking about when we talk about practice. And that's specifically what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to dig into the threefold training a little bit. Um, and also we like to talk about that one of the biggest obstacles in 
in any of our practices is this uh, is the inability to actualize the teachings, meaning uh, it's often a problem that people will read and study, go to teachings, digest a lot of the Buddha Dharma, but for whatever the reason, they really have problems lifting it off the page and actually applying it to their lives. Mindfulness is a great example. It's easy to talk about mindfulness. It's easy to go to classes, to learn all kinds of techniques. But to actually practice it meaningfully in your life is challenging. You know, First of all, it's often hard to remember. And you know, some of us will take a day or so and we'll have mindful days and that seems to work. But to really incorporate it in your daily life is a bit of a, of a challenge. And we often say that the remedy to this is gaining clarity. And clarity in this sense, like with, with mindfulness, it would be clarity into the, the benefits of mindfulness and the ramifications when we're not applying mindfulness. The understanding both sides, understanding uh, the confusion and ignorance that uh, we endure when we're not mindful. And then knowing that with just a little bit of effort and, and a little bit of focus that we can drastically improve the conditions of our lives, right? Mindfulness, being, being engaged full-heartedly in the moment is such a major shift in our, in our lives in our consciousness. So that's uh, that's one thing we wanted to talk about. We want to talk about that clarity and clarity into everything and clarity into really understanding what your practice is, the goals of your practice, the instructions of your practice, the intentions of your practice and the results that you're seeking. With that clarity comes good practice. It's really that simple. So again, you know, we ask ourselves every month, do you understand your aims in your practice, your own personal? I'm talking to you personally right now. Do you understand your aims? Do you understand why you're meditating? Do you understand why you're doing uh, practicing mindfulness? Why you're going to teachings? Why you're a member of a Sangha? Do you understand your intention when practicing? Those two questions kind of go together, don't they? When you understand what you're doing, then you under, that's your intention for doing it, right? Do you, uh, do you understand your practice? Do you under, really understand the threefold path? I'm going to help you understand that today. And importantly, especially for lay practitioners, is... Have you found a healthy balance this month? <clears throat> uh, maybe properly said, uh, were you able to find some balance this month? Because it's always always changing or shifting. Every month we have different obligations. One month we might have more work obligations. One month we might have more family obligations. One month, if you're lucky, we're able to put a lot more energy into our practice. But it's always a balance, right? What time you get up, how much meditation you can get in, get breakfast, do this, do that. It's a challenge to practice in our modern world. 
and uh, and then understanding your obstacles and uh, that's important the this uh, anxiety and its opposite the dullness that are constantly picking at us you know uh, time and uh, media is a is a real obstacle to a lot of our problems, right? It's a lot more fun to watch Netflix than meditate for regular people. I find meditation much more interesting personally, but uh, understanding your obstacles is important. And um, so these are some of the things that we ask ourselves every month. And... Uh, so today I wanted to talk a bit more about the threefold path. I've been writing on it for a project and uh, just getting, again, for myself, getting more and more clarity into the subject. So uh, to recap, the threefold path is training in virtue, training in understanding, and training in awareness. And the most important thing with this is finding the balance between the three. The three trainings are holistic. I've heard some teachers that see them sequentially, that first you have to build ethics, and then you can build awareness, and then you build understanding. There's different presentations in which order they come. And I didn't find this to be true at all. I found that they need to be practiced holistically, that we, we don't practice them one at a time and try to achieve each one. We practice them all at the same time and they all benefit each other in the same way. And I'd like to explain that. So when we talk about the first one, training in virtue, as you know, we're talking about training in goodness and basic goodness, right? Training in, in being a good person, being good towards others. We're talking about virtue. We're talking about wholesomeness even in some ways, innocence. Um, but the virtue brings with it more than simply being, being good, being ethical. I think a lot of people say, oh yeah, ethics, and they brush it off. Oh, it means being ethical. They understand it, they see the benefit, but they see it superficially. Understanding is the next one. And understanding, I think most people just see it as study. They see it as like classroom or at the computer study where you're reading, you're watching teachings online, more of an academic kind of study. And, and that's a mistake. But they see that somewhat superficially as well. And then training and awareness, I think people just write that off as... Uh, meditation and mindfulness and then brush it off so all three i think people see very superficially so i'd like to dig in a little deeper and i like i, I watched one teacher and what he did was he talked to he, he put the word higher before them all training in higher virtue training in higher understanding and training in higher awareness i like that uh for those who have taken bodhisattva vows you, uh, you know that we use a, a similar style when we talk about the six perfections. We talk about accomplishing or the, the well, we're talking about supreme generosity, supreme goodness, supreme effort, supreme concentration, supreme wisdom, and I missed one somewhere in there. Um, 
but uh, the idea of supreme qualities and, and then often people will say well i don't i don't understand the supreme part i just going for these qualities well we're talking about not just achieving everyday common conventional levels of these qualities because face it most of our friends if we're decent people are always trying to achieve those qualities generosity goodness you know uh but the fact is is that we're sitting our sights much higher than that so for the bodhisattva we're talking about achieving these qualities but at the level of an awakened being which would be so much more profound and so i found that uh, i believe it's the same in the threefold training that we're not just talking about conventional level of ethics conventional level of understanding and conventional level of awareness a lot of us have that already and a lot of our, our friends have it as well <coughs> but what we're we should aim higher right and we're talking about higher or supreme states of these so when we talk about training in ethics training in virtue and people say oh it's just about being ethical being good uh, being wholesome being kind towards others being compassionate that's true but it's so much more the fact is each one of these aspects brings a very unique wisdom that benefit the others each one has a unique wisdom that's gained and each one of those wisdoms work together to create right view which you're you're aware of i'll share more about that when we talk about virtue and we talk about our benevolent qualities there's kind of a magic that i found that happens now to be honest i haven't this doesn't come from the buddhist teachings this comes from my own experience my own practice and um you know they in buddhism they say there's two there's two ways of uh there's two criteria for authentic teachings one is that it comes from the sutras and the other one is that it arises from authentic practice so in buddhism our own experience of buddhism is criteria to be authentic and so a great deal of the sbt material we share arises from my own experience and that is you know with a person who's had a proper education there's criteria there for that um, but uh, nevertheless uh, what i found as i practice these qualities is they it'll happen to you too they start to open up and you start to understand so much more of the results that you receive from them than just their superficial you know uh, components their superficial qualities so this wisdom comes through right and so the wisdom of virtue is quite extraordinary there's something that happens when we open up our minds and hearts to the world because in a sense that's really what we're talking about here with virtue we're talking about opening our minds and hearts and um there's there's a peripheral style of awareness that comes to us when we open our heart with compassion we open up the world of understanding to ourselves right of experiential understanding where we we through that compassion we really start to understand others and ourselves you know in a way that that you can't get through normal study 
from uh, study and contemplation. Um, when you open your heart to the world, when you practice empathy, when you understand the, the qualities and the connections that we all share, when you understand our shared connection as human beings, there's an amazing there's an amazing wisdom in all of that. And so this, there's this wisdom that arises from the practice of virtue. And this is what I would call, would call higher virtue. In the same way, when we talk about turning in higher understanding, most would look at understanding as simply reading books, going to teachings, as I mentioned before. Again, this is a superficial under, understanding of it. But when we talk about understanding wisdom and insight, we're talking about it in a real world context. Yes, reading books, watching teachings, listening to uh, having conversations with people, this all adds to our own wisdom and insight. But the, the experiential aspect of it, of experiencing life in your own life is, is a great wisdom that comes from this, right? From introspection and seeing how do you really how do you really respond in real time to things looking at your reactions looking to at your relationships looking at your decisions looking at the uh, the way you engage with others right this is a much more profound understanding that conceptual uh, book knowledge is vital to the path Right, but it's just it's a stepping stone. It's the beginning. That's where we we learn a little bit about what it is. But then you have to bring it into the real world and get real life experience with, with that. And that's the wisdom that this understanding brings to us: real life uh, wisdom. And then equally, our training and awareness. People say, "Oh, it's meditation and mindfulness." Uh, uh, but they, I think they assume that it's when you're practicing, when you're on the cushion. <clears throat> now that's training in awareness, but on a deeper level, awareness is, is, is your everyday moment to moment consciousness, your awareness of the world. It's how you, it's how you interact <clears throat> in every moment with the world with the people around you it's how you hold yourself it's how you position your mind and your views it's your attitudes it's all of these things it's your perspective it's the way you see the world it's the way you inter interpret the world it's the way you inject yourself into the world all of this is awareness right and you can imagine the wisdom that comes from this awareness when we through the through the various practices of meditation mindfulness contemplation when we really develop a supple mind and body meaning we've really calmed and tamed our minds and we're calm and we're patient and we're present and we're aware and open the wisdom that comes from that is extraordinary right so this is what we're really going for when we're practicing the threefold path. We want to take it deeper 
than that superficial understanding, which is something you, you just read in a book. We want to actually engage with it in, in, in the real world. And then from that, these wisdoms come together. And these wisdoms impact each other in incredible ways. That calmness, that patience of awareness gets us to slow down, open our minds. You can understand how training and understanding would benefit from that, right? When you're calm, when you, when you see more of the world than other people, you know, you have that great Buddhist quote that says, we, see, we look, but we don't see. People look around the world, but they don't really see all the things that are there. As our minds and our awareness open, we're just aware of more going on around us. We can take in more. Well, imagine all that new information for your practice of understanding. And then this training in, in virtue, this, again, this compassionate, benevolent opening to the world. You know, the opposite, I think, is clear. Imagine going the opposite direction and closing yourself off, becoming a mean person and not caring about anybody else being self-centered. Can you imagine the little world you'd create for yourself? You know? You know, the more closed off you are, the, the more you don't care about other people's feelings. You're only focusing on your own, on your own life and your own goodwill. You know, and of course, we all know that, you know, the, the, your, the results of that are, are devastating. Even science knows that people that are closed off from the world uh, live shorter lives, they're less healthy, their immune systems are affected. So even modern research shows us that being open is just simply healthier. People that have, are, are, are part of loving communities like sanghas or families, they live longer, they're happier. <clears throat> so you can imagine how training in virtue, in goodness, in goodwill, in open-heartedness, you could imagine how that would benefit both our training in awareness and our training in understanding. So all three come together to create kind of an attitude. Uh, somewhere I, I, I wrote a quote in one of the texts, and it says, uh, in a sense, Buddhism is an attitude towards life. And I've reflected on it in the, since then. And sometimes I think, well, do I like that or don't I like that? And lately I'm thinking that I really, I think I really had something with that. And um, because our attitudes arise from our perspectives, right? And our evaluation of life. And we, we create an attitude in a skillful way, believing that will be, that it'll benefit us in life and help uh, lubricate our journey through life. And so in a sense, it really does. That's what it does. So uh, when we're talking about the threefold training, to me, I, we could even maybe go a step further and talk about, uh, training in higher higher virtuous wisdom training in higher virtuous understanding uh, uh training in higher understanding wisdom training in higher um awareness wisdom it's really kind of the wisdom of those that we're training in <clears throat> so that gives you a little bit of an outline of what I'm talking about. Now, out of the three, 
I'm looking at our Sangha, I'm looking at our friends, I'm looking at my own practice. I think, well, first of all, it's important that we keep them all in balance because they all benefit each other. So try and do a, to, to, uh, to formulate your practice so you keep a little bit of an eye on this and trying to keep them in balance. And, uh, but I do believe that most of us are a bit out of balance. Now, Buddhism in the West is really out of balance. And I find this uh, particularly true in secular Buddhism, that, um, that Buddhism doesn't, doesn't do, uh, uh, secular Buddhism and Buddhism in the West doesn't really do much training, right? We talk about training, training are your vows and precepts. And, and training actually affects all three uh, aspects of the threefold path. But um, I think the biggest thing that uh, we're out of balance in is our awareness. <clears throat> and, and some might say, well, Western Buddhists practice meditation so much. It's, you know, they don't train, but they study, and, they study and meditate. But the fact is, is that I don't think people understand training and awareness. It's not simply meditation. Meditation is a tool for training and awareness but it but but it's not it's not the final result of it just sitting down on the cushion twice a day doesn't mean you've mastered training and awareness we use meditation we use mindfulness as tools to gain it the real result of meditation that we're trying to to gain is more related to our default mindset more related to when i'm not practicing what's the nature of my mind when I'm not engaged in any practices, how is my awareness? You know, am I aware? I think for so many people, they sit down to meditate when it's over, they just shut it off and they go about their days. They don't have that connection between the two. So for me, the most important aspect of training and awareness is bringing it into every moment, right? That's the most important thing. In SP2, we have some cool practices to help this, and one of them being uh, uh, training on uh, awareness of the breath. And we have this practice that throughout the day, you just keep a little bit of your awareness on the breath, no matter what you're doing. This helps, right? And uh, so in a sense, what I'm doing today is just trying to bring you a little bit of clarity into your practice and that um, when we think about training and awareness, uh, I think one of the most important qualities is the sixth step of the Eightfold Path, right effort. And, and I've taught on right effort before. You guys all know it's one of my favorite subjects. And uh, in, a, in the Theravada tradition, the, the last three steps of the Eightfold Path, training and effort, training and mindfulness, and training and concentration, um, are particularly related to meditation. And I've gone back and forth. In the Mahayana, they'll, they'll talk about practice in general. And I've gone back and forth into which one I prefer. But I think I, I finally land on the Mahayana side because those three aspects are important even if you're not meditating or in mindfulness or in any practice whatsoever. So let me make my point. So this training and effort, <clears throat> this effort is to put a little bit more strength in your will, in your power, your self-discipline, 
your power of choice, your free will. To me, that's what this effort is. It's putting that little oomph into your practice, right? Instead of just kind of vegetating when you meditate, you say, no, I'm going to put something into this, right? Having that will to just push it a little bit further in a soft and gentle way. And what happens is that soft effort we apply towards our mindfulness. And our mindfulness is what? Nothing more than our awareness, our, our awareness, the awareness you have right now. You staring at the screen, mindfulness is allowing for you to see me. And mindfulness is also a practice in which we work to control that, that awareness. So we put this right effort or this proper willpower into our mindfulness, into our awareness. Meaning we're training ourselves to gain more control over our awareness in every moment, regardless if you're doing mindfulness or not. And through that experience, we move towards the attainment of samadhi, which um, they, in English, we say right concentration, but that's a really poor translation. Um, they'll say right concentration, they'll say right meditation. I think probably the best thing to say is right awareness is probably is my new favorite, let's say. Every month I have a new favorite. That's my new favorite translation of the eighth step of the Eightfold Path, right awareness. And again, this awareness that's aware of its environment, that coincides with the Buddhist teachings, right? And so these three last aspects of the Eightfold Path is how we work on attaining the uh, the training and awareness that we're talking about the last step of the threefold path so um, again i think all of us need to focus a lot more on training and awareness including myself i think we're all a little bit out of balance and the way we do that is by digging into the last three steps of the eightfold path to to develop that that effort that willpower, that strength of will, and, and apply it to our mindfulness. So we are present, we're aware, and we're in control and have, in a sense, gained some mastery over our awareness, our patience, our compassion. Right? You can see how this ties into the first step of virtue. All our benevolent qualities are all there, but being able to control it, you know, being able to limit our afflictions and limitations. That's what we're trying to do. And so we do that through those three last steps of the Eightfold Path. Through that willpower, we control our awareness, our mind. And through that will and through that mindfulness, right? We hold this higher level of awareness and we live our lives in this higher level of awareness. So I think that's all I wanted to share on that. And I'm hoping that was inspiring. I'm hoping it was. Um, it's been, uh, the thoughts have been benefiting my practice very much this month. So I, that's the reason I wanted to share it with you. Okay, we usually do a great visualization every uh every retreat day and we're going to continue 
the practice. Um, we're going to engage in, um, in this short visualization, which is about evaluating our path and practice. So uh, it's kind of a meditation visualization. So please um, get comfortable, start to get comfortable, grab your seats. <clears throat> your hands can be placed on your thighs, your eyes can be closed or half open. Begin to relax while breathing naturally through your nose. And let's just do a few minutes of calm abiding to steady our minds before we begin our visualization. So focus on the breath. Switch on and let go. And now, while remaining in meditation, <clears throat> let's move on to our visualization. 
I want you to picture yourself in the future at the peak level of success of your practice. Meaning, all your spiritual aims have been achieved and you are now an awakened being. Focus and actually try to visualize it. What do you look like? How do you hold yourself? What qualities do you embody? As an awakened being, how would you get out of bed in the morning or walk down the street? How would you eat your lunch? How would you behave towards others? How would others relate to you? Now, let's focus on the physical feeling of it by embodying that image and feeling. What does it feel like to be that awakened person? Try to feel it deeply at your very core. As an awakened being, how does your mind and awareness feel? How does your body feel? How do you feel about your life and existence?
what's important to you in your awakened state. Now, I want you to look at the distance between your everyday state of being and this peak awakened state you're imagining. How far away is that peak awakened state? What would you need to do to reach it? Is it a reasonable aim? What, what's pre preventing you from really applying yourself towards that goal and becoming that awakened being. Now reflect on these questions for the rest of this meditation. Softly, slowly, in your own time, gently come back Take a moment to observe how you feel Welcome back, everybody. I hope this meditation brought some clarity to your practice.
you all look like awakened beings to me. I think it worked. <laughs> this close to full enlightenment. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah.